Hey, it's PF, and uh, yes, again, another uh, encore presentation of PF's tape recorder. Um, there was some news this past week uh, concerning the tape recorder indirectly. Uh, that is the weekly newspaper in Minneapolis, City Pages, which is owned by the Star Tribune, uh, has ceased publication. They're no longer going to have a weekly paper up there, which means it'll be very difficult for us to get guests for this show. Uh, Cincinnati City Beat here in Cincinnati is still publishing. Uh, my editor asked me what comedians I wanted to cover because some are doing upcoming shows, and then she has not answered me. So it's going to be kind of difficult getting guests going forward. Um, I may go ahead and finally do uh, PF's third favorite band, but that would only last about, I think, a dozen episodes or so, but it will still be fun. Uh, the problem is it's a little more labor-intensive than just doing the interview show, so I'll have to see. So I do a little thinking on what the future of PF's tape recorder is going to be, but in the meantime, I was digging back through the archives, and we played, up, played episode 20 last week, and then I saw episode 19, which was really interesting. Gary Owen, comedian from here in Cincinnati, fascinating story, joined the Navy, uh, but was he was in the some kind of the, the guard, the military guard or something. That, that shows you how much I know about the military. And anyway, uh, started doing comedy in San San Diego, and just a fascinating story. He's friendly with um, the, the the guy the the guy that makes all the movies, Tyler Tyler Perry. Uh, he's friends with him, and it's just a really interesting story. And we get that from uh, Gary. Uh, talks about growing up in uh, Cincinnati, kind of out closer to Oxford, where Miami University is, and all that stuff. Interesting stuff. And then my old boss Gary Burbank joined us for a bit. I'd forgot about that. He uh, was kind enough to lend his voice to a, a bit. I remember what the bit was, but we're going to listen to it together and, and find out. And then at the end of the show, we'll go through the whole episode, and then you'll have a brand new song of the week from a band from the Netherlands called Say Yes Dog. So stay tuned for that. So in the meantime, here is episode 19 of PFT Recorder from way back in November 2011. Enjoy. Hey, what's up? This is Jordan from the Ready Set, and you're listening to PS Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. We're up to our navel and Gary's on the show today. Gary Owen has his finger on the pulse of American culture. Well, I think that's going to be the next big trial, like like the Casey Anthony and the Michael Jackson. I think it's going to capture America like those did. Also, the very great Gary Burbank does a bit with us, but first, as always, fake news. Fake news with me. GOP presidential hopeful Herman Cain is receiving protection from the Secret Service. Apparently one of the concerns from the Cain campaign was the news media. Cain spokesman J.D. Gordon told the Washington Post that Secret Service protection was needed because it has been, quote, increasingly common for media to be physically putting themselves and others in danger by trying to follow Herman with a lot of heavy equipment and cameras in close quarters, unquote. Cain also needs protection from the people who every morning leave a newspaper right by his front door and the people who keep showing up at his house almost every day with envelopes and occasionally packages. An objectionable wardrobe choice for a 1980s-themed costume party has landed six University of Southern Mississippi students in hot water with their sorority. The girls had dressed up as the Huxtable family from the popular 1980s sitcom The Cosby Show for an off-campus party. The National Office of Phi Mu Sorority has put the girls on probation after the circulation of a photo depicting all of the girls in blackface makeup with several wearing curly-haired wigs. On a brighter note, Texas Governor Rick Perry offered the girls jobs on his hunting ranch next summer. 
Speaking of Rick Perry, scrambling for a lift, Texas Governor Rick Perry took his new message of a part-time citizen Congress slashed government and term-limited federal judges to New Hampshire this past week, the sales tax-free state where the 400-member legislature gets paid a mere $200 a year. Said Perry, I have plans to shrink all three branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and... Did you see that one coming? When I said Rick Perry, did you, is that when you saw it coming? Okay. Uh, after weeks in hiding following the breakup of his 72-day marriage to Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys turned up in New York at a press conference where he announced an endorsement deal with Sector Brand Watches. The headline in USA Today read, Chris Humphreys pulls a Kardashian, to which most readers said, I thought he already did that. <laughs> that joke was for our friends in the UK. See over there that when, when you pull a girl, it means that's when you, you know, you know what I'm saying? A 16-year-old high school student was charged with attempted murder in connection with an alleged scheme to lure job seekers by posting a fake job ad on Craigslist, the Columbus Dispatch reports. The newspaper says a South Carolina man told deputies he was lured to marry at Ohio through a Craigslist ad on the internet seeking a worker for a 688-acre cattle ranch. When he showed up, the suspect attacked him. When asked how he knew job seekers would come to the farm, the suspect said he cross-referenced his prey with Angie's List, thereby assuring that only the most reliable victims would respond. Macy's is capitalizing on Bieber Fever to raise awareness of its extended Black Friday shopping hours. The retailer's latest ad features pop-singing sensation Justin Bieber heading to Macy's for its Thanksgiving Day Midnight Store opening. Because that's where he'll be on midnight on Black Friday. Several other department stores are scrambling with JCPenney hiring a female pop singer and marketing the day as Rebecca Black Friday. I kind of like that one better after I read it. And finally, uh, a teenage wedding, and honeymoon, a half-vampire pregnancy, a violent birth. That's only the first part of the tale of Breaking Dawn, the newest installment in the Twilight Saga. The film has been called Stunning by Entertainment Weekly, Captivating by Movie Phone, and Breaking Wind by Mad Magazine. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, the uh, GOP presidential campaign doesn't seem to be getting any less interesting. Uh, in fact, it seems to be getting more interesting with, uh, you know, gaff after gaff coming up. No one really able to uh, to seize this thing. And, uh... oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I left my Skype on again. I'm sorry. Uh, let me grab this real quick. Hello? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, this is an anonymous source. Uh, yeah, yeah. An anonymous source calling with some important information about Newt Gingrich. Uh, but wait a second, this is Newt Gingrich. Uh, actually, no, no. I'm, I'm an anonymous source. Uh, I'm calling about uh, Newt Gingrich. He, uh, I have to tell you this, he, he uh, sexually harassed several women ten years ago. Uh, Mr. Gingrich, I know that it's you because right here on my Skype it says FigNewton43 is your handle, and right under that it says your name, Newt Gingrich. Oh, okay, okay, PF. It's, it's, it's Newt Gingrich, yes, okay. Okay, you got me. Okay, why would you call and pretend to be an anonymous caller and then say that you sexually harassed women ten years ago? <laughs> well, because it's, it's, it's the only way I can get ahead of the other candidates. Uh, I mean, Herman Cain is, I mean, he's got broads coming out of the woodwork saying he sexually harassed them, and, and he's gone, you know, up in the polls after that, I mean, so to speak. <laughs> but, but this EPF, uh, I, I don't know what else to do, actually. Well, Newt, you've done some pretty despicable things to women. I mean, you left your first wife in 1981 while she was stricken with cancer. 
Thank you. Yes, I did. Yes, thank you. Yes, I did. And then, and then you left your second wife after having an affair with a congressional aide who became your third wife. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was good. Yeah, I did that too, yes. So uh, I think that uh, one of these next debates, you should probably bring that up, and, and uh, but you better hurry because you've only got about another, what, 50 or 60 of these debates to go through? Well, you know, I think the problem with that, P.F., is that if I've been pretty straightforward about it. Uh, Kane's been all over the place on these charges. I mean, he's he's stumbling around worse than Lindsay Lohan at Keith Richards' birthday party. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, do you think people, when, when people hear that he was uh, head of the NRA, they think he was Charlton Heston's successor at the National Rifle Association? Do you think that, maybe? Uh, no, I, I think people know he's the, it was the restaurant uh, outfit. Um, but I think you've got a bigger problem, though, with uh, Mitt Romney. I think he's your big rival. You mean uh, Mitt Obrami? Ob Obromney. That that's very clever. Obromney, yeah, Mitt Obromney. <laughs> still, I, I, I've still got to, I, I've got it, PF. I can do all this kind of stuff. I can I can pull this off. Of course, you know, Obromney's got that Mormon thing working for him. Working for him. I think that's one of the things that's making people kind of skittish. Why do you say it's working for him? Well, you know, the whole polygamy thing, PF. You know, big love, big love. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Cain harassed what uh, four women. I mean, who knows how many Mitt has in his harem? Uh, I don't think Mitt's a polygamist, Mr. Gingrich. I think he's pretty pretty mainstream. What do you What do you think? You know, I mean, he's a Mormon. I think, but uh, when you think uh, Mormons, don't you think polygamy? I think polygamy. Well, and 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 hiding when I when when I see they're they're going door to door on my street too. You ever hide from those guys? I they, do they, do they that, knock yeah. on your door. They want yeah. to give you a little a little brochure or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Dottie and Marie. I mean, yeah. do you think? Mitt's a little country or maybe a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but if uh, you're going to win this nomination, you better focus on the other candidates. Oh, I am, I am. I, I think my three biggest competitors are Herman Cain, Mitt Romney, and oops. <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> Rick Perry, you know, dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Mr. Gingrich. Thanks for calling. Anytime. Did I call or did you? Who should hang up first? <laughs> oh, and you know how to, don't know how to use the Skype? Uh, no, I. Uh, hmm. No, it's Skype. You say yes. You you called you called me on Skype, so I, I either I one. I called of you on Skype. Okay, yes. yes. Well, there, there, actually, uh, I have a an evil minion who just had to me the phone. He he made oh, the phone okay. call. All right, very well. Okay. <laughs> okay, he's going to take care of that for me. I don't, I don't hang up phones. Got, I'm, I'm way above it, that. It's, it's important to have the minions. All right, Mr. Gingrich, well, thanks for talking to us. Sure. Was I talking? <laughs> yeah, you were talking. Okay. Newt Gingrich calling into PF tape recorder. Actually, that was uh, the very great Gary Burbank calling in as Newt Gingrich. Uh, Gary very graciously agreeing to appear on PF's tape recorder. Uh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to have my former boss on my podcast and doing a bit like that. Man did not standing job with it. Uh, I sent him the script and he added some stuff to it. And of course, just you know, one take, no problem. I mean, the guy's such a total pro. Uh, that was our first Gary. Now we have another Gary, also from Cincinnati, comedian Gary Owen, who uh, was out in Los Angeles for a while. Moved back to the Cincinnati area because uh, wanted to raise his family here in the Midwest. And uh, he told me in a previous interview for uh, a newspaper here in town that uh, hard to get babysitters in Los Angeles when everyone's trying to go to a party. So uh, he goes out now and does uh, films. 
He's been in several films, as a matter of fact. Uh, he was in also in Tyler Perry's House of Pain as Zack the Barber. He's uh, been in Little Man with the Wayne Brothers, a movie called Rebound, Daddy Daycare. You've seen him all around. And uh, he's going to be doing a, a series of Thanksgiving shows here in Cincinnati. But you can also uh, catch up with him uh, oh, most any place around the country. We'll have links to his website on uh, the uh on the Podbean site, so I'll link you to that later on. In the meantime, here is our talk with Gary Owen. I have to apologize. Another crappy Skype connection. Gary almost sounds like a robot that's about to malfunction, but uh, it's still a funny interview. We had a lot of really funny things to say, and uh, here's Gary Owen. Recorder, it's Gary Owen. Gary, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. And uh, you are currently speaking to you from Orlando, Florida, doing some gigs down there. Uh, yeah, I'm here tonight with Bruce and Dio. Cool. So it's been a while since uh, we spoke to you for City Beat. Um, what have you been up to? I guess you've done a, a couple of films uh, in the past couple of years. You've been staying busy that way. Yeah, I got one coming out March 9th. It's called Think Like a Man. It's that uh, Steve Harvey book, had a book called Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Okay. They turned it into a movie, so it's got me, Kevin Hart, Taraji Henson, uh, Gabrielle Union, um, Jerry Ferreira, who's Turtle from Entourage, Michael Ealy, Megan Good, Chris Brown, Kelly Rowland. It's like, I think every black person's in it. Now, you're still based in Cincinnati, right? Yep. Yep, cool. So you're still doing the thing where you... Uh... Your, your buddy, what, uh, films you for the auditions, or are they not just coming to you and saying, hey, we want Gary in this film? I got offered this part. Um, oh, cool. I didn't have to audition. The producer was familiar with my work, and he, he said uh, he's got this part in this movie for me. And it's, it's basically six buddies. I'm one of the six buddies. Okay. And uh, he sold me up uh, to Sony. Sony and Screen Gems weren't that familiar with me. He said, I got the guy, I got the guy. So he went to bat for me. His name's Will Packer. All right, awesome. Well, it's good to have friends in uh, high places, I suppose. You ain't lying. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I got to uh, use part of our conversation. I think the first time we ever spoke uh, was a couple of years ago, and you had mentioned that Cincinnati is the only town in America where people don't ask uh, what college you went to but what high school you went to. Right. Yeah, and I was able to recycle that for uh, an article in Cincinnati Magazine about uh, high school football rivalries. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge there. Yes. You know, the big thing in Cincinnati is Catholic versus public. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. You get the, the, all, the public, all the public school people are like, they recruit, they recruit. And yeah. all the Catholic people are like, well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the two, Highland and Covcath, and then uh, Coleraine and uh, the entire, was it the GCL? The yeah, it's like Coleraine hangs with them, and then every now and then Middletown or Princeton will pop up. Yeah, yeah. And beat one of them. It seems like every year when it comes to the high school playoffs, one of them GCL schools always make it through. Yeah. And uh, But you went to Talawanda, so you were kind of an attached observer from all that. You ain't lying. Yeah. We just kind of went. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, so people not familiar with, uh, with the Gary Owens tale, you went from essentially from high school right into the U.S. Navy after your buddies dragged you out of bed one morning to, to do such. Yeah. Well, I was in a, living in a trailer park right out right outside of Oxford. Actually, the mail address was Hamilton. Yeah. He's right there on 27. 
Um, it's called Island Lake Mobile Community. Yeah, I was asleep. My buddy woke me up. And he's like, dude, come on. I said, what do you mean? Because what happened was everyone had taken the SAT and the ACT, and I didn't take it. And it was just because nobody in my family went to college. I didn't know you had to come in on a Saturday and take that. I thought they gave it to you in class. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know. So then I took it. He goes, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? He goes, you take the ACT or SAT? You going to college or what? I said, I don't really know. So he dragged me out of bed one Saturday morning and took me to the recruiting office. I said, you got to get out of here. Huh. He said, I don't want to get stuck. So I said, all right. And now, now before that, I can't remember. You would, um, had you been a funny guy in high school? Were you uh, entertaining your friends and stuff? Yeah, I was class clown, uh, most obnoxious. But I was popular, too. Like, I was prom king. Still popular with people. I was just, uh, you know, that, that's all I did. That was my outlet. That was, like, my first audience would be, like, in class. And then um, I guess that continued in, in probably in the Navy, but probably not to the same extent, I would imagine. It was it was pretty much the same extent in the Navy because when you know when I was in the Honor Guard DC, um, you we get jackets, you know we get jackets that says Presidential Honor Guard on it, yeah, and uh, you get nicknames and my nickname was Smiley because huh. I was always smiling or trying to get people to smile. That's cool, and but not something you can do very often. You're being the Honor Guard though. You got you have to maintain a pretty uh, serious face. Yeah, that's why they they. Sent me. I was an auger for a few months, and I said, oh, "You're gonna be a tour guide." They got they got different. Like a couple guys every six months, they get sent to the Pentagon. They get tours of the Pentagon, and then they have a tour ship called the USS Barry. They sent me on the Barry because you be talking in front of people. And then um, you wound up doing comedy in San Diego, as I recall, and a rather hilarious tale about how you tried to find a comedy club to do <clears throat> to go to an open mic at. Yeah, I ended up calling a comic book store, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, you got open mic?" And they were looking up open mic like it was some superhero or something. <laughs> it's, you don't see that in the Hall of Justice. And uh, and then a, the guy started talking to me. He realized I'm looking for an open mic comedy club. And he actually looked it up for me. He found the oh. comedy store for me in La Jolla. Oh, that part I didn't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I relate that story to other uh, comics, and they they find it very amusing that uh, when we talk about open mics, and I know how you. Uh, Call, well, it's call like the, as a stand-up, you, you know, you want to do it, but you don't know how to do it. Right, yeah. Like, how do I become a stand-up? Yeah. And, you, and this was pre-internet age, you know Oh, sure, mean? yeah, this is years ago. Um, I was in the, the free phone book looking for comedy club. Yeah, and what was it, Comic Castle, what you came across? Comic Castle, <laughs> San Diego, California, yep. There you go, it sounds like a comedy club. Sounds like it. Yeah. So um, how did you get the attention of the folks at BET? Because I know you had a, a lot of successful appearances uh uh, on that network? Uh, I won a contest in San Diego, the Funniest Black Comedian Contest. Oh, that's right. One of the producers from BET was there. And so I got me an audition for Comedy View, and then it just took off from there. Okay. And uh, th so then what else are you working on these days? I know you, there was more than just the one film you had coming out. You've been you've been fairly busy the, the past year. Yeah, I got, um, well, Think Like a Man comes out March 9th. That's going to be in theaters everywhere. And then April 20th, I did an independent movie called Hillbilly Highway. That's going to go straight to DVD, but that's going to be in all the stores April 20th. And then um, September 2nd, last September 2nd, I take my own hour special called True Story. Um, that's going to be in all the stores, like Walmart, Target, late March. And right now it's at Comedy Central and Showtime. And um, 
they're both uh, you know seeing who's gonna who's gonna take it and air it. So one of them one of them will. We just we just don't know which one yet. Okay. And, and it'll probably be late February or uh, middle of March that it airs. So that whole February, March, April is going to be, you know, two, three big months for me. There you go. A lot of Gary Owen out there in the, in yeah. the world. Yeah, and December, December 10th at 1 a.m., which is really December 9th, um, the Mike Epps uh, special, Live from the Nokia, it's aired on Showtime, but Comedy Central bought it, so now it's going to air on Comedy Central. That's going to be the first night it airs on Comedy Central. Okay. Um, so what are you talking about on stage these days? What's tickling your, your funny bone? Well, at the funny bone. Uh, tonight will be the first night I talk about Penn State, I'll tell you that much. Ah. Because I don't ever think about it. It's, it's too soon. I think if you know what you're talking about, you can address it immediately. Oh, sure. Um, so Penn State, you know, I, I'll be working it out Dick, next week in Cincinnati, but that you got to jump on that quick because pretty soon all the comics will be talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, once people feel... You know that that there's there's some distance. It's gonna you know, it's gonna start to proliferate and. A well, lot of well people... I think that's gonna be the next big trial, like like the Casey Anthony and the Michael Jackson. I think it's gonna capture America like those did. Oh yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think that's gonna be you know everyone's gonna be following that trial, and I just think it's a it's a train to come, and I, I just think we tip of the iceberg with what we what we know so far. Uh, why do you think these kind of things captivate Americans? I don't know. You can't ever tell, man. It's like, it's like some stories catch a life, and then sometimes it's just lightning in a, in a bottle, and you can't, you don't know why, but it happens. And same way with comedians, whereas you can't ever explain it, but it's like every three or four years, a comic just gets hot, and you don't know why. It was like Dane Cook just got hot. It was like now Kevin Hart is just hot. And knowing both those guys, you know, those are the same guys I've known for years. It just for some reason, boom, they just took off. You just never know what's gonna, what's gonna, what's gonna catch with people. Yeah, you just you never know. You really don't. So uh, you're talking to us from Central Florida. Uh, do you feel that while you're down there, you'll maybe talk a little more, a little less about the Casey Anthony thing? Because uh, when I was down there last time, it was just wall to wall. I think the one local TV station had a cable channel dedicated to nothing but that. They ran the trial, and then when the trial wasn't on, there was analysis. And I don't know. That's kind of old news at this point. Uh, I was wondering if because it, it seems like when I was down there, it seems like they would never get tired of it because then we had, you know, where is she hiding now? Is she coming back to Central Florida? It just seems, you know, people still seem to be obsessing over that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will bring it up in Orlando, but nowhere else. It's just like when I come to Cincinnati, I got my Cincinnati jokes. Sure. That I only do in Cincinnati. But that's every city. You, you get to know the city. Sure. And then you, you know, always like the first couple of minutes of my act, no matter what city I'm in, I address the city. And uh, it almost builds a rapport with the audience, like, oh, he, he does know about us. Um, on the opposite end of that, do you feel that, you know, being, uh, shall we say, stationed still in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, and not like in New York or L.A., kind of gives you more of a sense of what uh, America is about and not maybe getting it, you know, through a distorted lens there in, in New York and Los Angeles? Well, I think if you were a comic and you were working comic, you're traveling as it is anyways. Um, so it doesn't really matter where you live because um, you're always touring the country as it is anyway. So even though you might live in like, and I did live in L.A., you know, um, but you still, most of your work is, is Midwest and East Coast. 
So stay in a tournament place. It doesn't matter where you live. Um, so what would be uh, your ultimate gig at this point? I mean, I know you like doing the, the stand-up and playing, you know, even the, the big houses and stuff and doing the hour specials, but uh, what do you think would be the uh, the ultimate vehicle for a Gary Owens comedy? I'm just happy to be working. Um, I don't think the... I don't think there's ever an end-all, so to speak. Like, I think if you win an Oscar, you want to win another Oscar. I think if you sell out comedy clubs, then you, you start selling out theaters and you start doing arenas and then where do you go from there i don't think it ever ends i think once you stop um looking for that next goal or striving then it's time to get out if you're satisfied i think you're always looking for the next and as a comic um you know i'm i always pride myself on being a a a stand-up like i like trying new jokes on stage i like working material even if it doesn't work I like to try it. It's exciting to me, you know, rather than uh, so-called, you know, some comics borrow material for an easy laugh. There's stock jokes out there. Yeah. I hate that. That's my pet peeve with comedians. Never go for that easy laugh, man. I have, I have, I'll, watch, I'll be backstage and I have more respect for guys that open up for me and maybe not get all the biggest laughs, but they're, they're unique and they're, um, they have a point of view and, it, and it's their material. Because in the end, I think um, TV, film, and stand-up bookers and stand-up uh, comedy club owners, that's what they look for, man. You can go in there and, and destroy a comedy club in Cincinnati, and sometimes the audience doesn't know any better. And, you know, you're going for the easy jokes, the easy laughs. Um, and speaking of being back in Cincinnati, this uh, Thanksgiving run that you do in Cincinnati, that, that's kind of becoming a tradition, no? It is, man, and it's what I hoped it would be when I when I came up with the idea like six, seven years ago. You know, I said, man, I would, you know, I want to do Cincinnati because I when I moved back there, I'd rather be home for the holidays. Yeah, totally. And it's really turned into that. Like, I, I, it's a good feeling when you're on Facebook or Twitter, and you know, you just say, hey, I'm at the Funny Bone next week, and people are like, you know, you're becoming like football and turkey. We we already got our tickets. Right. Exactly. And yeah. It, it's gotten bigger every year. Cool. And uh, I'm organized enough now where this is going to plop actually on Sunday, and uh, so people will be uh, aware of what's uh, going on there uh, at the Funny Bone. So, um, uh, any other big plans coming up besides the movies coming out in the spring? Uh, the movie, the hour special. Um, right now I'm on the Shack tour. We're not coming to Cincinnati. That's why I'm able to do the Funny Bone. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm doing now. Like we're in uh, Orlando tonight. We're in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Saturday. Um, we did Cleveland. We didn't hit Cincinnati. Maybe we'll do Cincinnati next year, but right. I've just been on this tour for the last four months. So, All right. Well, like I said, this will be uh, the podcast will be up Sunday, and uh, the print piece will be in City Beat uh, on probably – we'll go in the press on Monday because of the holiday. So. Great. And, and yeah, and it will be online and in print and everything. Uh, Perfect. And, and it sounds like things are uh, continuing to go well for you and uh, better than ever. Yeah, I can't complain, man. Things are going good right now. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time today. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye. And thanks.
Thanks again to Gary Owen for joining us on PF's Tape Recorder. Well, we've now arrived at the musical portion of the Tape Recorder, and I was thinking about what song I could play here to take us out of episode 19, and I figured in keeping with the Cincinnati theme here, of course we had that very great Gary Burbank uh, do a bit with us, and then, uh, of course, the very great Gary Owen in the big interview segment, I figured we would hear from our friends Birdhouse from Cincinnati. And as you may remember, Birdhouse were kicking around back in the 90s, ran up a smack against a wall of grunge, so they really never got the uh, due or the big record contract they so richly deserved, but uh, I figured we'd play a song from them, and the song I'm going to play is called Raisin's Song. Uh, Raisins were a group that formed after the Bears, and the Bears you may recognize uh, around the world uh, and across the nation as a group that Adrian Ballou was in. Adrian Ballou, of course, worked with Tom Tom Club and Talking Heads, King Crimson, and of course is uh, an outstanding guitarist in his own right. He left the Bears, remaining Bears formed the Raisins. They were a big uh, band here in Cincinnati, and Birdhouse had kind of a tribute to them, and this is called Raisin Song. <laughs> Bye. 
that's what we call a cold ending in the radio business. All right, that was Birdhouse with Raisin Song, and thanks to the Birdhouse guys for letting us play that. All right, and thanks uh, to Gary Owen for being in the big interview segment. Thanks to Gary Burbank for doing the Newt Gingrich bit with us. That was awesome. Uh, a couple announcements here. Never Not Funny, uh, the podcast that Jimmy Pardo hosts, and uh, Jimmy and Matt over there have been very kind to this podcast, so we're going to plug Pardcastathon, which is going to be the day after Thanksgiving in the United States here, which is uh, this upcoming Friday the 25th. It will run from 9 to 9 Eastern Time. You can listen online live. They're going to uh, they're going to podcast, as it were, uh, for 12 hours to raise money for Smile Train. Smile Train is a charity that raises money to fix the cleft palates of third world children. It is an awesome cause. So please tune in. Please donate to that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, or follow me, rather, uh, at PF66. You can like us on Facebook, PF Tape Recorder. Uh, the PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Cobell. You can follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Uh, a couple of dates for you here. Uh, Gary Owen will be at the Funny Bone in Newport. Uh, that is just south of Cincinnati. It's the southern side of Cincinnati, as they say. Uh, Wednesday, November 23rd through Sunday, November 27th, except, of course, the 24th, which, again, is Thanksgiving here in the United States. Uh, I will be at Mugby's on Beachmont Avenue in Anderson Township in Cincinnati on Tuesday, November 22nd, doing PF Trivia Live. And then I will also be at Go Bananas on Wednesday, November 30th, as will... Jim Lugers, who you've heard perform on this podcast a couple of times before. We will both be doing the Pro-Am uh, performances there, along with a couple of other comedians. As I always say, it's a great deal. Five bucks to get in the door, and you get to see like uh, 12, 13 uh, really funny comedians uh, and me. <laughs> so uh, please come out for that. I think that's all of the business uh, we have at hand. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, see you next time. There you go. That was what was going on back uh, in November of 2011. Uh, gosh, nine years ago. Isn't that crazy? What a, what a different world we lived in back then, uh, seriously. So the song of the week here, we'll get to that real quick. It's from uh, a group called Say Yes, Dog. And uh, my wife and my daughters both uh, use this newfangled thing called Spotify. And, of course, uh, it has its advantages, certainly. Um, and they have playlists in there, and it, it generates playlists, of course, suggested by what other artists you listen to. So that's cool. And uh, this one just popped up, and I thought, wow, this is a catchy tune. So I looked it up, and... Uh, I really dug these guys, did a little research, they're from the Netherlands, this album came out last year, uh, this was the single from it, it's, it's called Lies, uh, very keyboardy, which is straight in my basket, and uh, I liked it enough to be the song of the week, so here you go, from the Netherlands, it is Say Yes Dog, the song of the week on PF Tape Recorder, so long and thanks for listening. Hi.